What's up everyone and welcome back to the Stocked Up Show. In this video, we're going to take a look at the top four tech stocks we're looking to buy the dip on if the market continues to fall. Basically, in this video, we're going to take a deep dive looking at some of the most popular tech stocks. We're going to look at their fundamentals and we're going to see what points we would actually buy them at. So we have an awesome video today because I feel like a lot of people just blindly say buy the dip here or there with, with whatever stock, but it's so important to actually look at the fundamentals and understand what you're paying and what valuation these companies are actually trading at. So Hunter, let's get right into it. Yeah, so we're going to start with Apple. Um, everybody knows Apple, so um, <laughs> they have a good revenue and net income growth, which is very important. Um, they have good gross and net margins. They have extremely high free cash flow, like absurd. It's almost one year of their free cash flow is almost more than their entire long-term debt. So if there's a recession and a market crash, um, companies with tons of debt that, and they don't have like a lot of free cash flow to cover it, those are the ones that risk going under. So Apple really doesn't have any risk of that. Um, their free cash flow is also a lot more than the dividends that they pay out. Um, their retained earnings are dropping, but that's due to their huge share buyback program and the dividends that they pay. Um, so it's not that concerning to me. I usually like to see retained earnings going up, but there is a reason for theirs. So that's fine. Um, their total assets are more than their total liabilities. And this is what I like to see on the shares outstanding. Uh, they're down a ton. Um, so they're buying back shares. So you get more access to each like dollar of profit, basically. Like you have more access to the profit the company makes per share that you own um, over time with um, them buying back shares. So I really like Apple. Um, I would... <laughs> like to get them at $85, um, but I would be willing to pay up uh, a little bit more since it is Apple. So I would pay, I would probably pay 100-ish um, for Apple, but I they're just probably one of the biggest powerhouses in the world, so. Yeah, interesting. So I would say one of my favorite things about uh, looking at Apple stock is uh, how much shares they consistently buy back. Like, I feel like a lot of people overlook that type of uh, data when it comes to investing, but it's so crucial because, like Hunter just said, you know, let's say you have a company that, you know, has, I don't know, 100 million shares outstanding, but buy, they buy back half their shares over the course of a couple years or a decade or so. Like, you'll have access to double the profit than you did you know, when you originally bought the shares. So like these buybacks are so beneficial to Apple shareholders and it drives the stock up on top of that, you know, their revenue, their margins are amazing. They're continuing to innovate. They're one of the largest companies in the world. They do pay a small dividend, which, you know, it's, it's not like anything crazy, but you know, it's just another small perk of being an Apple shareholder. But while Apple is amazing, it doesn't mean that you pay any price for them kind of like what you just said, Hunter. So you're looking at like $100 or so. Um, do you have yeah. any other information in terms of like valuation metrics or any concerns? Like, like, is there any obvious reason that you're not buying Apple at its current dip at like 139? 
Um, well, two more things that I forgot to mention initially was how high the return on equity and return on assets are. The return on equity is 153% in the past <laughs> year, which is just absurd. Um, yeah, when a company is this big, it's, the growth can only be so high. Like, realistically, if you walk around, how many people have Apple products? It's just, there's, it's so big already that it's not like they're going to be growing 15% a year and 20% a year. Um, obviously, they had that huge boost with COVID and stuff like that, but, um, or the past year. Uh, so, I don't, paying over 20, to 25 like price to free cash flow or PE is it seems high for a company that big and back when Apple had way more growth potential years ago they were trading at around like a 10 PE so hmm. it's not unreasonable to think that if we go in to a bear market that the valuation um, metrics could contract uh, all the way back down there especially yeah. with lower growth potential Right. Yeah, that's true. Because, like, when you look at it, like, re uh, Apple's revenue from 2012 went from, what is that, like $156 billion and then to 2021 up to $365 billion. Like, that's amazing growth. But since, like, since their revenue is already at $365 billion, it's, it's going to be really hard to continue to grow at that same pace. You know what I mean? And like, while you just said the return on equity is 153%, it's going to be hard to continuously get, you know, those types of returns when you're as big as Apple is right now. Yeah. And the only reason that I'd be willing to pay like a premium for them is because of who they are. And they're, there's really... It's one of the companies that there's so close to a 0% chance it goes under during a recession. And it'd be like paying for safety, sort of. Even yeah. though if there is a recession, you know, people are going to slow down on buying very expensive tech products. So, Yeah. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, Apple is just such a powerhouse company. <laughs> it's hard to ignore them. Um, I was also looking at Apple around the $100 level. So we'll see what happens. You know, they're a great company, but, you know, they'll definitely be on my radar um, yeah. I'm also one not to be buying shares right now, but you know, if, 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 if it falls more, I will definitely consider it. Yeah. I had shares that I, I sold like, I don't know, a couple months ago. So gotcha. Gotcha. All right. What's next on the list, Hunter? NVIDIA? Sure. We can do NVIDIA. Uh, <laughs> NVIDIA is, and has been for a long time. I know I've talked to you about it months ago, how, like, I don't know, was it in December? How overpriced yeah. NVIDIA was. And I was like, yeah. man, people buying this are going to get killed. That doesn't mean that it's not a very good company. It just means yeah. that you need to pay the right price. And clearly, because it fell in half since then, but they have extremely high revenue growth but it was shaky. Like it's it's been all over the place in the past few years. It could be from COVID, um, and the supply chain issues, making things pretty expensive. I know computers and the Bitcoin mining and stuff yeah. has made Nvidia graphic cards just explode. So that's something to keep in mind. That 
those past few years might be outliers on growth potential. So, yeah. but they do have very good revenue growth and high net income growth. Um, their gross margins are extremely high, like 65% is so high and their net margins are also very good. Their free cash flow is growing and it is also almost higher than their long-term debt one year. Um, and I think Warren Buffett likes it to be like be able to have five years, between four and five years of free cash flow or net income um, to pay off their long-term debt. So if their long-term debt can be paid off within four or five years of their free cash flow, then it's it's pretty good um, and they can do it in less than two. Um, they also do pay a little tiny dividend as well. Um, hmm. So I guess it's a little bonus, but, and they can afford it easily. And the retained earnings, this is, I like to see this is, it's dropping a little bit, but that's not that big of a deal. It is higher than their total debt. So hmm. that I love to see. Their total assets are way higher than their total liabilities. And their weighted shares outstanding, eh, they're increasing a little bit, but they've also decreased since 2017. So it's like, I I think that as they get bigger, they will end up buying back shares. So I'm not too worried about them at this point issuing tons of shares. So, And then another thing too is like, you don't want them to buy back shares when they're trading at, what were they at, like 300 you get the three hundred and forty six dollars yeah. each. Like you know, like I, if I was a shareholder of Nvidia, I would not want to see them doing buybacks during that time. You know, yeah, so that's another thing. And um, you know, Nvidia powerhouse company. I use a lot of their products. Um, obviously, like you said, the explosion with Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies, um, the mining of them really helped. It uh, really helped uh, with this Nvidia revenue explosion. Also, gaming over the past couple years has been growing quite a bit. Artificial intelligence is on the rise, and that requires a lot of computing power. Um, everything, for the most part, uses semiconductors nowadays. So it's just like the industry overall is growing. You know, they're a great company. They have great products, um, but you don't pay any price for them. So I was actually with you, and I actually uh, had a short position on just like the semiconductor industry overall a couple months ago. It didn't work out too well because of timing. Like it just, it was running up so much. But uh, yeah, I mean, I would definitely be willing to own NVIDIA in the future, but there's no way I can, there's no way I would pay (laughs) the the multiples that they're currently trading at. Yeah, I was looking at, oh boy, around 60 to 70 dollars um obviously as time goes on like if they don't get there or whatever and their fundamentals increase i mean that's gonna go up um as with any of these companies that we mentioned those valuations will go up over time as their fundamentals get better but yeah it's just not that's it's ridiculously overpriced yeah Um, it's trading 53 times their free cash flow like that's just Yeah. And like they do have growth potential, but it's just like it's really hard to pay that type of valuation multiple, even though they're a great company, especially when we have other opportunities in the market now. Like it's one thing Mm -hmm. if, you know, NVIDIA is trading at an insane valuation multiple, you know, let's say back like a year ago or a year and a half ago or even like 
you know, six months ago when other stocks were really high and there weren't a ton of opportunities. But now that we saw, you know, a lot of stocks, you know, everything from Netflix to Facebook to almost every growth company, you know, pull back in such a major way, you know, then you kind of have to add in an opportunity cost with NVIDIA too and other plays. Because it's like, now there's just more opportunities out there and you know what I mean? So it, it's just yeah. like... I don't know. It's definitely on my watch list. Yeah, and their increase in shares is coming from uh, stock-based comp on the uh, deleted shares outstanding, and they're not issuing new shares, but mm-hmm. they are, I guess, technically <laughs> through stock-based comp. Yeah. So what uh, what prices are you looking to pay for Nvidia? Between sixty and seventy. Sixty and seventy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I said that. I said that in December too. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, it just needs to fall. I mean, they have a lot of growth potential, but then again, like you said, with the COVID, COVID forced people to be home. So many people bought PCs, whether it be for gaming or working from home. Mining for crypto was huge, and so it's like it's hard to judge what their revenue growth in the future could really be and I'm not I'm not trying to get risky here you know yeah like there's so many companies to choose from I'll just wait yeah yeah like I guess it'd be different if you know there weren't a ton of other great opportunities in the market then you know you might have to be a little bit less selective but I know what you mean um you know I feel like a lot of people are gonna hear what you just said and be like oh Nvidia is never gonna get the 60 or 70 which might be true but i think it's important for everyone to understand that like hunter you're taking the approach more so that like you're not trying to swing on on every uh on every stock you're just trying to win on the stocks you you do swing on yeah exactly like there's a disconnect between valuation and stock price and at some point there will be a disconnect where the price is lower than the valuation and that's just what you wait for all right, interesting. What's the next one? Microsoft? Yeah, we Microsoft. So. Let's see. All right. How's it looking? It looks good. This is one <laughs> of my favorite. It's one of my favorite companies. Um, just because of how good the fundamentals are. Uh, their revenue and net income growth is has been growing like crazy in the past five years. Um, also, NVIDIA did have good return on equity and return on assets, and it's actually really similar to Microsoft's, um, which is also really high. Their gross margins and net margins are also insanely high. Like, yeah. over 25% net margins is extremely good. Um, and Microsoft has a bunch of cloud-based stuff, which has extremely high margins. Yeah. Um, their free cash flow is one year of it almost higher than their long-term debt and they've been paying down their long-term debt um so that's good to see uh it's also they can afford their dividend very easily and this is also good the retained earnings are increasing a lot and fast and Mm -hmm. it's going to be higher than their total debt very soon and retained earnings are similar to, you can do similar things that you can do with free cash flow. So if they were to reinvest in the company and they can use retained earnings for any of that stuff. Um, and their total assets are way higher than their total liabilities and their shares outstanding are decreasing, which yeah. is good. 
So they're buying back some shares. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Microsoft is like one of the perfect examples of what you want a company to look like in terms of fundamentals. Yeah. You know, like they're mm -hmm. they're a powerhouse company. Um, I mean, there's not too much I can critique Microsoft about. Um, yeah. I like how they're how they're trying to buy Activision. I know that Activision is trading at uh, quite the uh, difference from where it's set to be bought out at, which is you know conveying that the market is pricing in that that deal has a decent chance of not going through. But um, at the end of the day, like Microsoft is the powerful, influential company. They're a very smart company, in my opinion. Um, but again, that just because you have a smart, powerful company doesn't mean you pay any price for it. So, what price are you looking to buy Microsoft shares at? Uh, around one twenty-eight. One twenty-eight. <laughs> Hunter. <I> would, <laughs> oh gosh. I would be I would be willing to pay a little bit more. Yeah. Just because it is Microsoft. And another thing is that with all these companies, since they're tech they're not really in a dying industry like these these companies are going to be around unless something horrific happens <laughs> like the, the, you can't replace microsoft who's going to do it yeah yeah it's it, it would be basically impossible um you said like around 128 that's right around the covid low so i think like we i think we would need a really really bad event to happen in the market to have Microsoft go all the way back down there, you know, like, um, yeah. I agree that its valuation is overvalued right now. It's definitely aggressive. Um, I, I think there's a pretty low chance of Microsoft ever returning back to 128, but I guess we'll see what happens. Yeah. Well, I mean, if we go into a recession, it'll be there. Yeah. Well, and if you look, it's, it's trading um 30 times free cash flow and 10 times sales those could easily be cut in half yeah. um to be at market averages but they have a higher growth potential and they have a higher moat so they might knock it down there but yeah. if you cut it in half it's mm -hmm. it's there yeah so yeah <clears throat> interesting any other uh points or anything to know with microsoft before we uh move on no, I don't think so. I think that's pretty good. All right, and with the last one, we have Google that actually has a stock split coming up. Yeah, I like Google. Google is also just like this might have the best fundamentals like I've ever seen. <laughs> it's very close to it. Their return on equity and return on assets are really high. Another thing I do like about Google is they have recently fallen a lot, so they're valuation isn't as far off like i could see this being being very close to being justified where it's at right now hmm. um and another thing i like is that they do have that split coming up and it's not because it changes anything about the company i just like how shorting puts is going to yeah. be a lot more viable on them yeah um, <laughs> at, like at like 110 bucks instead of 2200 um, their gross margins are, and net margins are also very high, over 25% net margins. So, and their free cash flow is over double their long-term debt. So they, there's 0% chance they go under pretty much. Um, and they don't pay dividends, so it doesn't even matter. 
for that. Um, the retained earnings, look at this. Like, huge, <laughs> huge growth. Way more than their total debt. Like, if we are in a recession and there's a safe company, I just don't see how it's not this. Like, yeah. it's so protected from their debt. Like, they have no issues with that at all. Yeah. <clears throat> their total assets are way more than their total liabilities. Um, and their weighted shares outstanding are trending down since 2017. And they announced a $70 billion share buyback, which I also am a fan of because they've fallen so much. Mm -hmm. And it is getting relatively cheap. Like compared to Microsoft, their multiples are lower than Microsoft's. Mm -hmm. And they might have higher growth potential. I mean, mm -hmm. there's so much to do. Yeah, on Google. Like Google has access to everything. Yeah. it's the they have YouTube. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're they're a powerhouse. They they truly are. They're one of the tech giants, as we all know. And what I I feel like a big reason <clears throat> Google is less overvalued and less overhyped is because of how expensive the stock currently is. And I think that'll ultimately end up being an opportunity. Because for example, you know, over the past two years or so, we saw one of the quickest bull runs in history right for the most part except for the beginning of this year um but basically you know apple microsoft nvidia amd tesla and other ones were very hyped up because well there's a couple reasons but it was easy for retail traders to just you know buy stocks when you know you have apple at you know a hundred dollars or you know what you know a hundred and thirty dollars like it's psychologically not that expensive but you know less people rush into google because oh the stock's trading for twenty six hundred dollars per share so i feel like there's less hype involved with that which you know kind of presents an opportunity so what prices are you looking at um yeah they've grown way more than microsoft in the past 10 years too and their <clears throat> multiples are way lower so i was looking at I guess post split price it'll be between like 75 and 80 bucks um which is 1500 ish to 1600 ish mm -hmm. um so uh but i could see eh, i maybe up to 1800 mm -hmm. pre-split but um i don't think i i don't think that it would be bad here either it's just I don't know. I'd like to get it a little bit lower. Gotcha. And I think that once it splits, selling, I'll just sell puts on it at those prices. Yeah. Gotcha. Interesting. And this is all because of how bad the market is right now. Like there, and it's not even that bad. Like people think it's bad, but they're they only went through COVID. A lot of people, yeah. the COVID crash, which rebounded instantly. Yeah. It's been a long time since things have been bad yeah like ye like year long down year two year long downturns where yeah. it's just miserable yeah and things get cheap like dirt cheap mm -hmm. yeah interesting so yeah i mean i feel like we covered arguably the top four um biggest tech stocks or some of the biggest tech stocks in the market clearly your buying points are a lot lower than the current prices that these companies are trading at. Um, 
do you have any final points you want to highlight to people? Because I'm sure a lot of people are going to think you're crazy with these with these price targets. So, anything else you yeah. want to mention? Um, well, these price targets are based on they're all t- what I would need to buy around um, those prices to get my required rate of return for the next ten years. So, it's not. It's they're all a little bit under what I think they're actually worth because you need a margin of safety because anything could happen like recessions or all these guidance cuts. If you had done this last year and you had expected all this huge revenue growth and all these companies come in and cut their guidance, you just knocked off so much of the val- like the intrinsic value of the company. And that's why they're falling so hard. So when you're making um, assumptions for the future, you have to be conservative, and that's why they're going to be lower than. And it might seem absurd, but why said Nvidia was overvalued at three hundred, and people say I'm stupid, and now it's cut in half from that. So yeah, things things get cut in half all the time. Interesting. All right, guys. Well, the market is. Well, it has been very volatile and crazy over the past year. And the volatility, you know, realistically, Hunter, it's probably just starting. Um, remember, volatility yeah. doesn't always equal downside movement. We can also see a lot of volatility to the upside. But realistically, the volatility is just starting. Um, a lot of stocks are low right now, which is presenting an opportunity. Um, and a lot of these big tech plays. Um, are less volatile relative to the growth plays and when we do see these big powerhouse companies fall lower um, it should present a great opportunity so hopefully this video kind of you know helped illustrate the importance of fundamental analysis and you know why you shouldn't just pay any price for any investment Um, we use our stock analysis dashboard that's what you see on the screen right now it's an awesome tool hunter and i co-developed it together you can see literally everything you could possibly need in terms of a company's fundamentals. We have a TA dashboard that allows you to compare stocks against each other, see if they're in an uptrend, downtrend, their correlation, and a bunch of cool stuff like that. On top of that, you can calculate your own price targets. So if you want to input your assumptions, you could do that. We have simple movers and simple moving averages built into the platform. It's an awesome tool. You can cancel at any time and it is truly, it will truly change your trading game if you use it in the right way. So fundamentals are so important and all the data is here for you. You just have to use it. So check it out. The link is in the description down below. Um, I use this every day and so does Hunter. So check it out and uh, thank you guys so much for watching.